Hello and welcome to the HQ Movie Review Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Jack. I'm Brandon. And this week we have a special guest, Chris. Hello. And this week we watched Promare, which is an anime by uh, Studio Trigger. That it is. <laughs> Bunch of weebs over here. <laughs> I love this movie. How many times have you seen it, Josh? Uh, I want to say like eight. How many of those were in theaters? Five. <laughs> How many of them were in 40X theaters? Three. <laughs> so, yeah, big spender on this one. That's actually my first note that uh, prior to watching it again with us, you had seen the movie seven times already. <laughs> well, I gotta say, it's a great movie. And I uh, really love uh, Studio Trigger. They have some fantastic shows and uh, they have a couple episodes in Star Wars Visions. I mean, it's a little early for the for that, but okay, yeah. <laughs> I had to get it out of the way. I mean, you say that like we're not going to circle back to it later. Oh, I know. It was yeah. coming up organically, whether you did it now or not. <laughs> so in case you can't tell, uh, most people on this podcast have watched anime a lot before. I, I think I'm the one who's watched the least anime. That would definitely be correct. Yeah. Because I only started watching anime like three years ago. So. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really start until probably about seven or eight years ago now. But I've, I've spent that time watching a lot. I started watching anime in 2004. <laughs> Why did it just sound like uh, an AA meeting? Because <laughs> it is? <laughs> Anime Anonymous. I was trying to come up with something else. The, like, you know, the acronym does work. But... <laughs> yeah? Sometimes your first idea is the best one. So, Promare. It's a... It's a, it's a, it's a good movie. You like Gurren Lagann? You like Fire Force? It's that. It's uh, it's definitely just the fusion of those two things. Brendan, have you seen either of those things? I've seen some of Fire Force. Ah, the, the worst of the two. Yeah, it's, it has its ups. It has a few more downs. See, because when I watched, when I, the few episodes that I had seen, it was mostly up. And I think it was some of season one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, season one has some good good points to it. Plus a pretty rocking OP. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Song's amazing. So Promare, like most anime, have an opening song. And it's not like your traditional anime opening. It's more I guess I don't it's not diegetic, but it's it's more integrated into the movie. They play it so many times. <laughs> they do. And Josh sings it every time. But it's good. And it's it's great every single time. Like, have you ever seen Top Gun and they play Danger Zone like a million times? It's like that. <laughs> yeah, they have like, they actually have like a soundtrack of like ten or so songs, but three of them get played more than three times a piece. It gets played twice in a single scene. At one point, <laughs> it plays, it ends. There's like ten seconds of not the song. And then it starts again. That's I consider that still the same. They just went like, hmm. 
instead of just repeating the same thing, we're just gonna end it and then just restart. But it's still the same. But it's slightly louder. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, let's go over the plot a little bit. So we've got a cold open. 30 years prior to the start of the movie, some really angry people explode in pink fire. Triangular fire. I mean, it's fire made of triangles. It is not itself triangular. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop trying to visually describe things. This is an audio medium. <laughs> so, there's this, this cold open where you have no idea what's going on at the moment. There's just kind of a... Uh, it's like a newscast just describing the Great Fire or something. I don't know. There's some event... Where, the name's not important. Yeah. The fact is, a bunch of people exploded all at once, and the world caught on fire, and, like, what was it, 50% of the people on yeah. Earth died? It was yeah. it was half the population died from, from all these people exploding. Yeah. And and it turns out what what's going on is the people that are exploding, there are all those people just have fire powers now. Once again, very, very much the Fire Force backstory. Yeah, it really is the exact same backstory. Interesting. But anyway, all of the people who have the firepowers now are just called the Burnished, which is a very, I don't know, unoriginal name, but weirdly original at the same time. I don't know. It's not creative is the issue. Yeah. What do they do? They burn. Uh, what are you going to call I don't know. They're kind of burning. They, they're burnished. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Kinda Bernie. <laughs> Kinda Bernie. Yeah. They're all relatives of Bernie Sanders. Here's how the Burnish can still win. <laughs> wow. I'm just enjoying this because this is almost all new because I think I've only seen the show or the movie once. You watched I, it with me twice. I know I, you did. <laughs> well, for some reason, I missed like the first 10 minutes because someone got stuck in traffic, I recall. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was definitely there for one of those. That may be true. I was definitely in the theaters. <laughs> anyway, okay. um, so after this this cold open, right, it, it jumps to 30 years later. And it's another cold open. <laughs> I don't think that counts as a cold open at that point. It's yeah, just... No, it closed movie. and then opened again. It's another cold open. That's but the not movie how that didn't works. end. That's not... It wasn't like, hey, that was Promare. Anyway, here's this new thing. Well, it's still a Promare. What is a pro No, that's that's not a cold open. That's just another scene. So then we cut to, like, the main time that everything happens. The present. We're in present yeah. day. Yeah. And all the Burnish are considered terrorists. Yeah. The really weird allegory on, like, post-9-11 United States. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about it that way, but I can see it. There's one point where there is a, one, this movie takes place in the United States. Yes. That's a really, they don't say it ever, but they, one, they describe Japan as a far off island nation like three times. They never say Japan. They just call it a far off island nation. And two, spoilers for the end of the movie. I don't know why I haven't seen the movie you're listening to this podcast, but at the end of the movie, they have their big like attack thing that happens and you see the place where they appear is like the United States. Like you can see it from space. Yeah, it, it definitely is in the United States. I'll be honest, I didn't catch that fact for several watch throughs. 
You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell me all the police brutality. Oof. Wow. Um. <laughs> they literally they storm a pizza shop. This guy. There's yeah. no crime is happening. The freeze force rolls up into this like pizza shop, guns blazing. It's like, hey, that guy, that brown guy, he's a terrorist. And everyone's like, no, he's just making pizza. And like, no, he's a terrorist. Arrest him. And then they arrest him. And then the guy's like, nah, man, he just wants to make pizza. Oh, you're harboring a fugitive? You're arrested too. And then all of the people in that pizza shop who were seconds ago talking about how it was like the best pizza in the city were like, oh, Burnish made this pizza? It's like they're feeding us trash. And then they throw it on the ground. Yeah. Wild. That seems realistic. Sadly so. So yeah, the main characters, a group of firefighters who uh, specialize in fighting sentient fire fire force now let's let's be clear here when you say main characters the, the is... main supporting cast there is one main character his name there's Galo Timos yeah big letters on the screen and then there's there's one other like quote main character from the firefighting team it's the mouse <laughs> Vinny <laughs> yes it's definitely Vinny uh, Vinny, who I forgot existed for a large portion of the movie, I just <laughs> while love that, I was watching it. I love that he has a firefighter hat too. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a mouse with a firefighter hat, and he says his name like a Pokemon and contributes nothing to the plot. I think he presses a button at one point. He presses a button that someone else could have definitely pressed. It's, it's he's the rat that got Paul Rudd out of the, <laughs> the quantum realm. Good. What a cameo. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, it's so funny to me that they introduced this like cast of like what, five characters? You've got Ignis. Varys. <laughs> yeah, Varys. The glasses guy that's basically name dropped one time and you will never remember it. You're right, I don't. And then you've got the scientist girl that again I don't remember the name of I'm gonna call her Peridot sure <laughs> close enough um and then you've got um Aina A-I-N-A and that's that's oh and don't forget the the, the leader Ignis you already said you Ignis. mentioned him yeah. oh did I yes. okay, <laughs> he sorry. was the first one you mentioned sorry listen the point is uh, this group of firefighters not super memorable they don't factor into the plot very much yeah they're in the first scene they're very heavily in it like it focuses on them for the first like five minutes they're the ones who establish what the firefighters are actually supposed to be doing while gallo is doing whatever he's doing off to the side giving speeches and posing yeah doing weird anime protagonist bs well Ina does have a main part in the story but no Ina is absolutely one of the main characters I was saying everyone else from yeah. the fire team completely. Sir, did you just forget what the fire force was called? What do you mean the fire team? I just didn't want to say the entire ridiculous title. The, the two word title? That's the same, what? No, the, the actual name of their team is like burning rescue sucking, uh, Fire Force uh, unit, whatever. I don't. You could have just said Fire Force, and it's the same amount of time. Yes, but that's fucking trademarked. <laughs> but talking about the show is not trademarked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave. 
<laughs> oh, I can't. I can't call it the name of another show. <laughs> but anyway, they have like they do have the stupidest long name that no one will ever remember. It's it's really more of a joke than anything. Yeah. This movie does. This movie plays around a lot with the tropes you expect to see from like an anime fight movie. Yeah, like the trope of camera angles in anime that only Aina gets. Yeah, I don't think they're playing with that one. Yeah, That's that, just... that, that one was very much like, oh, we have to include this. They didn't even hang a lampshade on it. They just were like, no, we're just going to do it straight up. She's just, she's piloting the airplane ship, whatever you want to call it. It's more like a spaceship than it is an airplane, but regardless. It's, it's one step below the Darling in the Frogs pilot positions yeah because there's not someone positioned behind her <laughs> yeah that's that's literally it that's the only for difference. most of the movie she's practically on all fours piloting the ship and they choose the best angles that's that's sarcasm at that point at that point at that point any angle is is definitely one of those camera angle and you could have moments. given her like an iron man helmet angle where you just see her face they absolutely could have but they didn't i know and yeah why would they do that it's very unfortunate. It, it would ruin all the gratuitous that are making rainbows that they could yeah. do. Yeah. They, they they felt the need that they had to include a fan service character and like you know, sequence. We need somebody to sell the toys. Alright, the figurines. Exactly. The figurines. Yeah. So with with that little, you know, blemish. I would not say it's little. It, Okay, it is bad, and I'm not saying that it's 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 not bad, but in comparison to other movies that I've seen, it's not anywhere near as gratuitous. It's an issue in anime as a whole, and yeah. that is absolutely correct. And it probably just stems from in Japanese culture, it hasn't been brought up as a huge issue. Well, no, the thing about that is that it is an issue most people aren't really huge fans of fan service because you know there are other things you can watch where it's just that if that's what you're looking for yeah the problem is that the people who really spend the money on like anime are the people who buy the dvds and the figurines and those weird like really squishy like wrist mount pads for your for your mouse you know the, the mouse pads <laughs> yes. The boob pads? yes yes okay. <sighs> Those are the people who spend the money, and so those are the people who decide with their money what anime like trends get like dropped and picked up and continued. And they like fan service. Yeah. They're the fans it's servicing. Yeah, it's it's quite unfortunate for the people who just want to enjoy the content. Yeah. But anyway, with I, I will say at least they limited it somewhat yeah it was not very much of the film it's like four shots total throughout the whole film not good but hey it's real easy to edit just four shots out uh, relatively yeah i suppose anyway so we got Callow and uh he's uh the dude with a firefighter soul <laughs> his burning soul he is he is um He's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's also just Kamina from Gurren Lagann. Yeah. He, he is 
he is Kamina that's been reincarnated into Fire Force. Yeah. I will say, Gallo being an idiot or being called an idiot is a running joke. They call him an idiot no less than 17 times in this movie. <laughs> I can't believe you counted that. That is I amazing. Did. <laughs> did you count the time he calls himself an idiot? I did, yes. Okay. You have to. This almost should be doubled. But yeah, his two main characteristics as a human being are idiot and a firefighter soul. <laughs> of which he will tell you at length. Yeah, exactly. He had a slideshow prepared. Uh, yeah, his his far off island nation Matoy slideshow, which is so fucking ridiculous. But it's so animated, it's great. So, so they get the fire, they're putting out the fire. Uh, they get on the roof, find out that the Burnish... Not uh, just the Burnish. That's true. Mad Burnish. Capital letters. It's a terrorist organization. Yeah. The actual terrorists have were the ones that lit this fire. Gallo is comically launched up to the top of this building via firefighter like ladder slash cannon. It's a cannon designed to look like the firefighter ladder, which is actually quite a clever design. Yeah. For their giant sci-fi like firefighting truck, and also all of the guys on the team besides Ignis have these like firefighting mechs that they pilot. It is, that's an important factor that we did kind of leave out that he's not just being shot out of a cannon <laughs> yeah. in a burning mean, building. It's not like clown style where you shoot him out of a cannon into a net. He's in like a mech thing that gets launched out of a cannon so they can fight the sentient firefighter. Yeah, and then he's they launch him unexpectedly and he goes too high and then crash lands onto the top and everyone thinks he's dead um he gets up because he's a dumb anime protagonist and he's all he's always fine he can't die because he's too dumb yeah too dumb to die too dumb to die too, too dumb to get sick there's a lot of too dumb to things with anime protagonists unless it's raining then it'll definitely get sick so anyway, he gets up to the top. They start rescuing the people who were trapped on the roof. Um, once they've been evacuated, Mad Burnish show up, and Gallo ends up, you know, taking out the two the um, two lieutenants whose names are unimportant. Ah, generals. They they were generals. Their rank is also unimportant. <laughs> no one else has a rank in this entire organization. They could be they could be captains. They could be anything. It does not matter. It is literally the leader and the two other guys <laughs> those are the only leaders of the bad burners we see in the entire film everyone else is a grunt <laughs> or like a civilian they're all goombas wow <laughs> essentially you've got bowser bowser jr and one other koopling <laughs> a different koopling we'll say roy yeah that's fair and then everyone else are goombas so after the two generals are very you know fairly easily and quickly you know, dispatched. Oh, weird. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the, the, the leader shows up in the gayest pose possible. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say the gayest it's pose not, possible, but, like, but it's definitely gay. Straight people don't sit like that. Yeah. So he shows up and then he sees his two generals get their ass beat and he goes well I guess I'll have to fight you and in the most casually threatening way 
he just stands up, starts walking down a pillar of fire that just becomes a motorcycle made of fire, and then he comes down and just fucking runs over Gallo. And then they have a cool fight. We don't need to hit all the points of the fight. It's yeah. a cool anime fight. Just the, Watch the, the movie. The biggest thing to, to note about this anime fight is that fire can literally become anything and do anything. If you are a burnish. If yeah. you're you can make it into anything. Yeah, he can make a sword, he can make a suit of armor, doesn't matter, he can pretty much do anything. So, spoiler alert, uh leader of Mad Burnish, he loses. Um and in the middle of this the spoiler, it's like ten it's less than ten okay, minutes. Okay, alright. <laughs> also there's gonna be a lot of spoilers, I feel like people know Yeah, that. we're just all right, fine. <laughs> fine. Okay, <laughs> fight's over. Leader of Mad Burnish loses. In the middle of the fight, you find out his name. He he's he's like a relatively young-looking guy, and it, he introduces himself as uh, Leo Fotia. Full name every time. Yeah, every single time. Callus <laughs> uh, introduces himself, and they they like they have a little meet cute. It's very yeah. nice. They exchange contact information, <laughs> and then the bad cop shows up. Yeah. So then, Freeze Force shows up. The Frieza Force shows up, led by Captain Ginyu. <laughs> Close. <laughs> so it's actually led by um, Vulcan. How could I forget? His name is Vol his name is Volcano God. What? His name is Vulcan, and you will not forget it because he says his own name like a goddamn Pokemon, just like Vinny. <laughs> Vinny has an excuse. I think Vinny is a Pokemon. Vinny probably is a Pokemon. Vulcan is... Actually, Vulcan is probably also a Pokemon. We see him at the end. He's a very, like, weirdly proportioned short person with a huge head. That just kind of does scream Pokemon to me. Vulcan is like the human version of Bowser. Go on? I, I, I kind of see it. Okay, I'll, I'll just have to accept that. The sharp teeth, the way he talks, aside from you know saying his own name all the time, he just he just seems like about like if he had a fursona, his fursona would be Bowser. That's the worst way of putting what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you know, that's not great. incorrect. That's great. That's hilarious. Also, would it technically be a scale sona? I don't know if that's the term for that. So anyway, his fursona is Cat Bowser. Freeze Force shows up, and that's led by Vulcan. Uh, Vulcan basically uh, takes Leo and the other two generals and just brutally beats the shit out of them and throws them into the patrol car. After they've already been cuffed. Yeah, they are completely cuffed, hand and feet, and he, like, especially Leo, he, like, kicks him up into the air, smashes him down, and then off the rebound on the ground, kicks him into the vehicle. Well, they gotta emphasize the police brutality. Yeah, you still couldn't tell this was America? <laughs> yeah, it, were, it was like, oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's done for, like, comedic effect, too, but it's, it's like, wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, after, so after that, um... They Vulcan, go get pizza. Vul well, no, Vulcan is, is very quickly established in case that wasn't enough established as the main or one of the main villains of the movie he's a minor jerkwad he's a major jerkwad i mean he's a major jerkwad he's minor in the scope of like 
he's a henchman who has a name and he's just really excited to have a name <laughs> sure but uh he they they do this by having him threaten to arrest gallo for doing his own job he's he's arresting him on a technicality was trying to and then we have one of my favorite moments of the movie when ignis the the leader of the fire team uh-huh he shows up and uh you know vulcan's telling gal is like i could have you arrested for you know interfering in, in whatever and ignis shows up and just says like yeah well i'll file it in my report <laughs> and vulcan just sits there and stares at him and just goes vulcan like he just growls his own name and then drops it and leaves and it's so funny to me no no he doesn't he growls his own name and then he's like can't take a joke he's holding he is holding gallo by his head this entire time not by his neck specifically his face yeah <laughs> he just drops him he's like i can't take a joke and then they leave like what kind of like youtube dude bro bullshit is that <laughs> I was just joking, bro. It was just a prank. It is so absolutely fucking ridiculous and buckwild that it's easily one of my favorite moments in the movie. And then they get a pizza. Yeah, so they just kind of jumped up to they're, they're at a pizzeria. Oh, you know what? No, we did skip. Uh, Gallo gets a medal. He gets oh, a medal you're from right. his volume from the governor. You're right. From, the, from Gov Cray. From Gov Cray. Which, by yeah. the way, I haven't mentioned this up until this point. But obviously, this being anime, there is a sub and there's a dub. Please, please, do yourself a favor. I don't care if you normally watch sub or whatever. Just watch the dub. It's better. There's... Your issue with the dub is just the governor's voice, though. Like, nothing Everyone else. else's voice is okay. Like, it's meh to okay. Like... It was not stellar, like stellar performances on the sub side, and the dub did just a good job. I'm not gonna say either one like voice acting was like tremendously amazing, but the dub just did a better job overall with with the acting and particularly the voice profiles. The casting, like. I feel like have you ever watched like Dragon Ball Z in like in Japanese? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's the same thing with Goku. It's just that's what it's just what he's on. It's just big buff guy with a squeaky voice. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's real weird when you have someone with Superman's proportions with You mean a like mouse Goku? Voice. You mean like Goku? Yeah, see, Goku gets away with it by being like very innocent minded. So he's like, ah, he's still a child. So you're saying people with deeper voices are naturally more evil. They do give off that that vibe a bit better, yeah. It's rude. It's prejudiced. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that it is, but they, as a voice Squeaky acting voice goes... people aren't allowed to be evil. That's what Josh said. They can't be evil. It's impossible. Sure. <laughs> and this seems to be alluding that he is the evil guy. So yes, that's a spoiler as well. I guess we. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the governor is secretly evil. <laughs> yeah. So the governor is is evil, of which they've like 
they play that angle for you know when i first watched it i was like man it was like halfway through the movie and they had this twist and then i realized after subsequent watching they they only play that angle for like a quarter of the movie at most yeah it's also not hard to tell that in this movie where there's a bunch of police brutality that the governor is gonna be the bad guy yeah it's <laughs> it's they that twist is um not nearly as twisty as i thought he, also second is, watching isn't he like branded as oh he like stopped all the burnish from burning down the city and put them in jail yeah so yeah I mean, when you first get started, you kind of go, ah, oh, well, the Burnish are the villains. And then it's it's very quickly like, ah, oh, yes, they're they're just being impressed. Also, as long as we're on the topic of Prey, it always bothered me that, like, I guess it, may, it wasn't a huge detail, but, like, is prosthetic technology in this world really good? They established early on that he lost his arm in the fire that Gallo thinks he saved him from. And like he clearly does not have an arm in that flashback, and in the present day he just has two fully working arms, and we don't talk. No one, there's no hint that it's a prosthetic. No one ever like sees his arms because of his weird military jumpsuit thing, or whatever that is that he wears. Yeah. So here's the thing, and this is not a full explanation because it doesn't make sense to me either. But I would like okay. He must be using like fire to just like you can make armor and shit. Yeah, no, that's so he must be using fire to make a new arm. Yeah, but like you pointed out, everyone saw him missing an arm from yeah. the fire. That was the thing that made him famous. Yeah, everyone saw that. Why does he now have two arms? Like, no one can. <laughs> no one is like, hey, where'd that other arm come from? Yeah. Do they just have auto mail in this world also and we never see it? I mean, the technology is advanced enough as we see later in the movie. I guess. Yeah. It's just, I really wish they would have had some background characters with like robotic arms or something yeah. that would, some kind of red herring to be like, oh yeah, no, the fact that he has two arms now is not special in any way. Or just give him one of the prosthetic arms. Yeah, or that. Like, you, his whole thing is that, you know, he is also a burnish but he's basically like undercover he's no one knows that he is give him an actual prosthetic as a cover like i don't understand why why he doesn't have a prosthetic why no one questions this exactly it's a weird it's a weird plot hole that i don't think will ever be answered probably not no i mean are they making a sequel no. Nah. No. This is this is a one-off thing. So yeah, let's let's keep moving the plot along. Yeah. So, so we find out that like the Mad Burnish are just trying to like survive in the desert, really. Yeah. There's Mad Burnish, which is like the terrorist organization, and then there's just the Burnish, who are people being oppressed for having firepowers. Yeah. Um. So so after the the pizza guy gets arrested. Um, it, it kind of cuts over to Leo and the other Mad Burnish in prison and they find out like, oh, the, the Burnish are dying because they've been experimented on and some other stuff. And then they just break out. 
Yeah. They just they just go, oh, well, you can't hold me. I'm just gonna leave. Yeah. It was actually their plan all along to get captured, which kind of does take some of the uh, oomph out of like Gallo's success. It's like, oh no, they this was their plan. They were playing a game caught specifically so they could be taken to the same prison as all of the other British prisoners and then break them out. Yeah, which then turns out later to be the the far the freeze forces, the freeze forces plan, plan the entire time was to let them escape so that they could bring them to everyone all the other burnish there, were, there was a lot of a lot of like like i planned for you because i thought i knew you would know that i would know that's called a xanatos gambit cool learn something new every day is it interesting yeah it's a it's a trope it's sure based on the uh, the main villain of the Gargoyles TV show. Oh. You guys remember Gargoyles? No. Yeah. Not you, Brandon. Clearly not you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I do. I don't think okay. I ever been to it, but I do remember it. But I... When did it come out? When did it come out? Like, 90s. Yeah. I was alive for one of those years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But you're... Good. It's, it's really named after the Gargoyles show yeah. and not Princess Bride? Is there a character named Xanatos and... No, but I'm saying like that that whole sequence of like, well, I knew that you would know. So that it's the whole it's like the whole point of the poisoned cup scene. I mean, it, yeah, but like, it, it it's it's just such an extreme like crazy level in the show where he's just like, yeah, no, this was all my plan. I planned for like he has contingencies for every contingency. He's planned like the whole thing basically. It, it's okay. It's like Batman times ten. Student just does nothing to plan. Okay. He also had a medieval castle move to the top of a skyscraper in the middle of a city, so I don't know, man. It's weird. <laughs> okay. It's the premise of Gargoyles. This is a weird... We don't usually go on Gargoyles tangents. This that, is a fun one. That, that is a weird one. Yeah. I know there's, like, a board game out about Gargoyles right now. What? What? <laughs> yeah, they made, like, a board game about it. In okay, that's uh, interesting. Did not know that. So, anyway... <laughs> Uh, Mad Burners break everyone out. They're they're on the run. Uh, Gallo just happens to see uh, Leo flying through the sky, which, by the way, completely unnecessary. If yeah, he just had a helicopter. If he just rode in the helicopter with everyone else, no one would have seen him. They would have just gone into hiding like normal, and then th the rest of the movie would have just like. I mean, a lot of the movie would still take place. It's. But Gallo Actually, you know what? No, that would have been really bad. Yeah. Because then Gallo wouldn't have been involved in any way. Yeah. And they would have just lost. Yeah. And they would have just. Yeah. Yeah. Governor really... Gray would have just won. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's a good thing we had that romance fake out on the frozen lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah. So when Gallo notices, he's like at this frozen lake where he like. Pouts. He goes there to cool off. <laughs> And then Ina just like followed him because she thought that he was gonna like go attack Vulcan or whatever. Well, freeze. First. And they have this cool romantic moment where he catches her from falling while ice skating, and then he drops her. Yeah, he sees Gallo's like the reflection of Gallo's flame on the ice. He gets in real close to her as if they're gonna kiss, and he just drops her. He's like, "Hey, what's that?" And then he leaves. That's the movie going like, "Psych, he's gay." <laughs> you thought this was a hetero romance? Yeah. 
So, <laughs> to be fair, the movie also freaked me out with the poster for the movie showing Gallo and Leo, because I definitely just thought Leo was a girl. Yo, all right, yeah. So, here's the here's the thing. Before the movie ever came out, I was like, I first of all, I thought it was going to be a TV show. Yeah, me too. Not a movie. Was real surprised when it became a movie or when it turned out to be a movie. And second of all, Leo definitely looked like this character was going to be female. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's the female love interest. And I was half right. And I was like, oh, good. Ina's going to be the weird love triangle. And I was like, Once again, half right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Um, So they they did subvert expectations um, in in what I consider a good way. Um, But yeah, so the... It was very funny uh, when he just drops Ina on the ice and goes, Oh, look, flames. I gotta go put it out. I mean, it specifically is like, Oh, that's pink fire. It's my burnish. I need to go stop them. You call this in. I'll go check it out. Yeah. He's just dug from up, but with fire instead of squirrels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. Good. But yeah. He ends up finding them, like, hovering in a cave somewhere, and immediately just gets knocked unconscious. Yeah, they give him the old Sasuke neck chop. Then he he talks to, uh, you know, Leo and, you know, some of the other Burnish, and, you he know... He gains a deeper understanding of them, and also learns that they've been experimented on. Yeah, and then they have the uh, Chekhov's gun, or they have a Chekhov's kiss. Chekhov's <laughs> mouth to mouth. The one girl's dying. Leon is like, I can save her. And then he, like... He breathes he, fire into her. Yeah. And it doesn't work. She just dies. She, He's like... Gallo was like, hey, I have... I'm part of an emergency rescue team. I have first aid training. There's fir- there's medical gear in the pack on my motorcycle. And Leo's like, no. We don't need you. I can save her. And then he just doesn't fucking... Save. She dies. And she turns into ashes. Yeah. Hey, in <laughs> fairness, though... Like... If he, if every single person who had this fire ability, like they they established in the scene that uh, everyone who's a burnish has like a rapid healing, yeah, based they're, on on their uh, other fire abilities. Yeah. They're immortal until they're not. They can heal from literally anything until they can't anymore. Yeah, and then they just die. So. In fairness, yeah, Gallo had like some band-aids and shit on his motorcycle. Probably had other stuff. But Leo is like injecting actual just life force into this person. If there was anything that could have possibly possibly have worked, it was gonna be Leo's like like Breath of Fire. <laughs> the of breath life. of fire. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe some band-aids could have helped. Sure. It would have kept her ashes in a nice neat little. <laughs> I mean, they probably would have also burned up with her body, but. He's a don't... firefighter. They're fireproof band aids. Who knows? My point being, we don't know if they could have helped or not, and we'll never find out because she's dead. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, and also, keep just a little sidebar here. Uh, the, the girl who dies. Um, if you there's like little shorts before the movie if you watch it in theaters and um 
there's a short for Leo and the short for Gallo. And Gallo's short shows like his first mission with the, the fire rescue team. Burning Rescue is their name. I'm going to call I'm going to continue calling them Fire Force, but Burning Rescue is the actual name of the group. Okay. This is his first mission with Burning Rescue. Fire Force. And um <laughs> uh, so so an interesting thing happens when he saves a woman from uh, like a burning building full of burnished flames is the stress induced in in the rescue actually causes the woman to become a burnished at the moment that he like rescues her and in the moment that you become a burnish you like just lash out with fire everywhere like uncontrollably and he actually gets his left arm burnt up really bad and you never really notice it but he actually has like a skin tone sleeve on his left it's arm slightly, the entire time slightly off of his skin tone which yeah. is why it's his arm is a different color the whole movie and they never explain it in the movie yeah so it's actually from a short before the movie happens but the shorts are only in the theater theatrical releases they might be on the blu-ray but i we didn't purchase didn't the blu-ray Blu who buys blu-rays anymore yeah so anyway the sidebar here is that the woman who dies is actually the same woman who became a burnished and burnt leo's arm yeah and leo does not remember her oh yeah that was or not leo gallo gallo i mean yeah that was a while ago and also she's been completely covered in bandages she looks like a mummy. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, she dies. Yeah, so she dies. Uh, Leo and the rest of the Burnish leave. Um, Gallo then goes to confront Cray Foresight, who's the governor. And... Uh, Real stupid name, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a... It's a running theme. Yeah, the names are a little too on the nose in this movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I love it to death. Uh, naming conventions. Terrible. Well, listen, they're really clever names in Japanese. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, if foresight isn't just the word foresight in your language, then it's a it's a clever name. Like, in Full Metal Alchemist, the sniper named Hawkeye, whose code name is the Hawk's Eyes, that's stupid in English. <laughs> but in Japanese, when her name is Hawkeye, and their word for that isn't Hawkeye, <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> Alex Louise Armstrong, it's a great name in a language where you can't describe him as strong arms because it's other words. Oh, good. It's it's like Remus Lupin. Yeah, it's like Remus Lupin. It's really clever until you realize that his name is just Wolf Wolf. <laughs> and then Sirius Black. Yeah. Uh, anyway. The secret to good naming, just pick another language. Yeah. Just name them exactly that, exactly the thing they are, in a different language. Boom. Instant good name. <laughs> so he confronts the governor, and it's like, yeah. hey, are you experimenting on these people? And Governor Gray's like, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> he literally does not counter this point at all, and he just goes, come with me. And, and you'll, you'll see, see a world <laughs> of pure lava. <laughs> yeah, glass elevator and all. Yeah. 
<laughs> so they get on the Wonkavator. <laughs> and uh, basically it's, it's revealed... of lava. Yeah. It's revealed that the, the magma at the Earth's core is like it, about to erupt. It's acting up. Real and uh, in six months, the entire planet is going to be destroyed by volcanic activity. And so, so to counter that, instead of doing anything about the planet, literally anything at all, yeah, he's like, we're just gonna leave. We're gonna go to a different. We're just gonna go to a different planet. We're gonna make a well, rocket ship. This, this is very American. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make a rocket ship powered by genocide. Yeah. And so basically it's revealed that they can make a teleportation machine based on spinning burnished people really fast. Which is killing them. And they're gonna use it to power a warp drive. It reminds me of that commercial where they put the butter toast on the back. Yeah. It's like that. You put the toast on the back of the cat. Physics says one of those things has to land down, but they can't both. So they spin forever. Yeah. <laughs> Except it also burns the cat up and makes a giant pink light. <laughs> now, what I will say uh, is I think they did a really good job uh, researching what you would do if you were trying to like move all of human civilization somewhere. Because they mentioned that this modern noah's ark that they've made that's going to save humanity only holds ten thousand people because that's the minimum amount that you need to maintain a good population genetically huh, i did not know that is a population of ten thousand people if you have less than that there's a good chance that you'll have like significant genetic defects arise in the population that interesting sense. yeah that's, that's genuinely interesting i did not know that hmm. i'll keep yeah. that in mind they're sticking with the bare minimum though yeah. yeah. Really, really hopeful about, like, all of these people and their dating prospects. Oof. I mean, when you're picking the last 10,000 people, I'd imagine they'd keep that in mind. Ah, they weren't that, they, they weren't even that picky. Like, I know it was on the list because her sister works there, and they're like, well, she didn't answer our call, so whatever. Like, there's now only 9,999 people, so but there's do. room for one more. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, anyway, after the the, the uh, magical Wonka elevator ride... Uh, of Doom. Of Doom. <laughs> and uh, he finds out about the human experimentation. Gallo then, like, tries to plead with the governor and the governor then reveals that he's hated Gallo's fucking guts forever. I'm gonna be honest, I, I love the scene because it's so funny. Gallo's like, hey, what you're doing is wrong and Gray is like, fuck you, I've always hated you. You were the bane of my existence. I want you to die. I want you to die so bad. I gave you the most dangerous job in the city and you won't die. You are terrorizing me by not dying and continuing to try to be nicer with me. I hate the nickname you gave me. I just never say anything about it. You're not even human. You're a cancer. Which is really rude because I don't think he even knows when Gallo's birthday is. <laughs> Probably not. Which, so after this reveal, um, 
he, Carlos obviously put in in prison. But one of my favorite things upon rewatching is in the medal sequence when Governor Gray is giving Gallo the medal for capturing Leo. There's a scene where like Governor the governor's like clenching his fists like the Arthur meme. Yeah. Because he is trying to hold back the rage of being like, why are you still here? It's real good. Uh, so yeah, uh, Gallo gets put in jail, and uh, we don't really see him for a while. They kind of yeah. switch over to uh, Leo and the Burnished for a bit, where they're raided, because yeah. that was the Freeze Force's plan the entire time. Yeah. The old... There was an old man with them in the jail cell, and that guy was a traitor. I don't know what his plan was, honestly. His his plan was that if he he basically was assured that if he turned them in, he wouldn't be sacrificed for the engine. Yeah, like some kind of idiot who thought they would like care about him. Yeah, exactly. Because he's a fucking dumbass, selfish idiot. Anyway, he. One of my favorite things about that character is that he exclusively enters frame by sliding. And if you ever, if you're watching it, he always, like, he's never just, like, on the screen when they switch to that camera angle. He's just, they switch to the camera angle and then he slides on. Doesn't walk, doesn't anything, it just literally just like, shoop. Like, you could put a slide whistle on it and it would fit so perfectly. It's a visual metaphor for how slimy he is. <laughs> Anyway, he dies first, and that's good. Yeah. He deserves it. I, we don't know if he dies. Even at the end, we don't we don't see him ever again after he gets caught. Well, like, here, here's the thing. He betrays them. All of the Burnish are captured except for Leo, who is shot with, like, this, like, super freezing bullet. And then, like, his two generals shoot him off towards a volcano to get away. All of the other Burnish are taken to the facility where the rocket ship is so they're put into engine pods and then spun violently to charge the warp core the old guy is the first one they turn on like they yeah. specifically they make a point of turning his on first yeah and i'm saying he deserves that he absolutely does deserve that going back to the absolute freezing bullet thing that leo gets shot with so the explanation that vulcan gives is that it's a bullet that uses your own body heat to convert into more ice, which you kind of just have to leave. You just have to accept that kind of BS as whatever. This, you kind of just have to be like, okay, fine, whatever. However, given that logic, and the, and the two generals hear the explanation for this, mind you. To get Leo away, they launch him into the greatest heat source in the local area, directly into the volcano, <laughs> giving Leo the worst possible odds of escaping from this bullet that feeds on heat. They're I not just, smart. I just think it's absolutely hilarious every single time I watch it because it's like 10 seconds after the explanation. It's like, hey, here's a bullet that uses your own heat against you. There's like their their option is ah we're gonna shoot them right into the volcano. I mean I feel like it was they shot him, and there have to be a volcano over there. I mean if it, it's using your own heat, maybe they think outside heat will help. 
I don't know. But it it does end up working out for them because the only reason that Vulcan doesn't go after Leo is that they can't stand the heat of the volcano. So it does end up working out. It's just it is still funny to me every time that their logic is ah yes, the thing that feeds on heat. Let's throw them into the fire. But it works. Yeah, so it works. And uh, all the burners are captured and put into the engines, uh, except for Leo. And Leo ends up just kind of overpowering the bullet through sheer brute force. I will say before we get to that power of will. Yeah, before we get to the power of will and the power to like pilot a gunman or whatever, <laughs> uh, not all of the burners were taken. There are a few shots that are very clearly like after the freeze force leaves, it cuts to like the ruins where there's still people in ice, but they shattered because they knocked down the sanctuary the people were in. Like there's a very clear shot of like a man's face shrouded in ice after like the freeze force leaves and a bunch of like ice shards nearby because they froze people inside of like this very tall structure and then they knocked the structure down. Yeah. So some of those people just died because they were shattered on impact. And they also explicitly show you this when they freeze like four people and then all four of the frozen capsules like fall down and one of them gets run over and Vulcan goes, hold on, we need them for our fuel. And it's like, it's, a, it's explicitly implying that if you break them when they're frozen, they're just dead. Yeah. So yeah, Leo, through the power of not friendship, just the power of just sheer will, um, decides that uh, I'm not going to be frozen anymore. And so he just isn't. Well, he rips the bullet out of his chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no real explanation given here other than just, hey, Leo's a badass. He can just do this. Oh, you know what? I, I know what it is. So one of the shots they show when we zoom in on him is that like the lava is being pulled up as burnish fire and like eating away at the ice from the outside. Okay. So I think the point is that like he can't make fire from within because the bullet is taking that fire and turning it into more ice. But he can manipulate the fire that's around him to eat away at it from the outside until it's thin enough that he can break it and like pull the bullet out. Gotcha. I mean, that makes sense. I, I guess mean, it's a good enough. It's a sure. It's you know good what? Explanation is that's, that's my headcanon because that's just the easy explanation. It's also what happens in the film. Yeah, sure. Um, the best headcanons are the ones that are also canon. True. Um, anyway, so he breaks free um, because he's a, quite literally just a badass. Um, he and, starts soaring and flying. And yeah. <laughs> so, it's not a star in heaven that he can't reach. God damn it. Um, <laughs> he, he then immediately starts going on a rampage, which by the way, up until this point, he's been very adamant about the fact that his terrorist organization does not kill people. And they're very proud of that. Unless yeah. they need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, unless necessary, we don't kill people. At one point he's like, when the burners attack a building, they always leave an exit route. I'm like, that's, that's kind of garbage. It's still bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> not the same Just thing. because you leave the ability for people to leave doesn't mean they can always get out of the building. Yeah. You should have made sure they were all out first. Yeah. Then it's questionable. Flawed logic aside, he... He's, he's so angry at this point that he says, literally, fuck this entire city and everyone who's here. I'm going to kill everybody. If you don't, 
if you don't release the burnish. That's also yeah. that's an important. He has yeah. a demand. He's not just he, out to his, murder. His demand is release the burnish, which yeah. Or I will kill everyone. Yeah. And he just starts fucking lighting the entire city on fire and yelling for Governor Gray to, like, you know, either fight him or face him or whatever. In this rampage, Leo, like, accidentally just destroys half of Galo's, like, uh... Jail cell? Jail cell. Yeah, thank you. And then the next time we see Gallo, he's running, like, 30 miles an hour with his ass on fire. And there is zero explanation given for A, how he got down, or B, why he is on fire. In fact, in that scene where we see him, he's running alongside like the rest of the burning rescue cars. And they're like, hey, weren't you in jail? And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> so anyway, he rejoins with the uh, burning rescue. They put him back in his mech. He fights Leo. And he fights him so hard that eventually they end up at the frozen lake. This is the, that's also the scene where they play the song twice. Yeah. The song a, is playing when Leo starts attacking. Yeah. It's a great fight scene. You gotta watch it. But, uh, I mean, it's a, you can't just describe a whole fight scene here. But, yeah, so it's just, it ends up with the two of them. Oh, also, actually, there is one other important thing that happens. Is that at one point, Leo, Leo and Cray face off. Cray standing on top of his terrible building. <laughs> and, like, Leo's like, yeah, fight me. And Cray's like, okay. And so he starts... His fist starts glowing, and then and that's when like Gallo attacks Leo, and they have their own fight. And Crazy is like, no, oh, I guess not. And then his fist stops glowing. And once again, until the end of the movie, there's no explanation for that. Yeah, he's just like, ah, glowy fist. Well, okay then. This guy's the Iron Fist for some reason. <laughs> so, so we get to another one of my favorite moments of the movie. They're still fighting in the hangar bay, and I just kind of drops them over that frozen lake from before. And uh, Leo just evaporates this entire lake, which I have no idea how Gallo survives that. And, and just to reference, this lake is fucking huge. It's not a small lake. Yeah, this is a very large lake, and to have all of the water of this lake suddenly be evaporated in your face would definitely kill you. I mean, one of the things they established, though, in the fight beforehand is that Yellow can kind of just, like, resist the heat yeah. through sheer, like, mentality. His burning <laughs> firefighter soul lets him resist He's He's too stupid to burn. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so so setting aside his ridiculous uh, thermal resistance, um, they land on top of like a building that was underneath this this lake. Believe it or not, this is where things get weird. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is one of my favorite moments. This is, um, it goes full trigger. So. They're, they're just kind of like sitting on top of this building and then all of a sudden like this weird projection it's a cyber ghost anyway he introduces himself as deus uh Permeth. anyway it's based it, it, the movie is based on this guy's name and as are a lot of things yeah it's, it's like the city they live in everything we didn't say the name of the city but the name is, is like Permepolis. Also, the the alien, third act aliens is the yeah. joke. Anyway, he also named the aliens after himself. Yeah. So anyway, so he takes he takes everyone down, uh, like into the little building or whatever, and Deus 
like introduces himself and shows them um, all the all basically the history of what actually happened with um, himself and Cray Foresight, where Deus was the the real brains behind everything, coming up with you know all the technology and also the discovery of the Promare, which are which is the name of the alien race that happened to just like magically accidentally teleport into the core of the planet. Uh, and when they merged with the core of the planet, that's when the burnished happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, standard f story from there, obviously. Yeah, pretty much. Point is, he's like, hey, I need you guys to stop Cray because what he's doing is making things worse faster. Um, and he knows that. Um, also, the, the he kind of drops the bombshell that Craig murdered him, and he is actually just a computer program that's a backup of the original person. Anyway, Teos is like, hey, uh, I've got a thing here that'll help you fight Cray. and uh, but you need to stop him because if he uses the Prometec engine stuff with using the, the, the furnish to make a warp Kate and all that, that's that's going to anchor the Promere, and they're going to kill everyone. So to stop that, here's a, a giant mech suit that I've called Deus Ex Machina. Get on the nose. <laughs> Which is by far my favorite name in the entire movie. It is so on the nose, it wraps around to being great again. Mm, I kind of like Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway they get into uh the deus ex machina and they fly off to go face uh to go do, Cray. To do a climax yeah to go to go have the climactic battle and all that gallo being his dumb anime protagonist self can't get it up with the suit that looks dumb so i really hate that you ordered it that way yeah <laughs> He can't get it up right at the climax of the movie. So he has to have Leo, like, make a cool suit of armor out of, like, the Promare fire. So the, the suit of armor is wearing a suit of armor. And it does look cool. Yeah, it's it's just Gurren Lagan. Yeah, it is, it is just Gurren Lagan. But with less faces. A little bit of, a little bit of Naruto going on with the double armor. Yeah, it's also it's also a like a Naruto. It's a Naruto. <laughs> yeah, it's a Naruto. You know, it's a. What Naruto. are you, my mom? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so they have this cool robot mech battle, um, where sizes mean nothing, because like Cray Foresight gets a mech that starts off as this tiny portion of his building it's that'd become it's a very large building to be fair yeah but it's it's shown directly in comparison to the size of the deus ex machina which now is called the leo de gallon because the they could not keep a straight face with, when calling it <laughs> the deus fair, ex machina those characters absolutely could because they don't understand jokes yeah but i'm saying the, the, the actual writers had to change the name that wasn't better 
It wasn't, but they but couldn't keep it the same. Gallo was just like, yeah, it's our name smushed together. That's the robot name. <laughs> yeah, it's our ship name. Basically. That's not what a ship name is. It's not exactly how that works, but yeah, basically. Galeon is their ship name. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, he's, he's got a point. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> Isn't the Galeon a kind of ship? I mean, it's the thing in Harry Potter that they use yeah, for money. Shit, but I'm pretty sure it's also the other thing. Uh, I think oh, it is. Yeah, the Galeon is an old warship. Yeah. Sailing era. Boom, ship name. Yeah. Huh. No question, Josh. Is it a ship or a boat? Does it lean into or out of turns? Do you think I have any Why fucking clue what the answer that? to that question is? Why would anyone on this podcast know that? <laughs> we were only 80% sure it was a like a ship or a boat. It was only we were only 80% sure it was one of those things. That's what my definition of a ship versus a boat is. A boat leans towards a turn and a ship leans away from a turn. Wait, is that just your definition? Is that not like the official? There's there's no official definition. What? No, there there is zero official definition between a boat and a ship. I feel you betrayed. I, yeah, I feel betrayed. <laughs> You've been I saying for how big a, a galleon would be with the, the giant ass masts and stuff, it probably leans away from the turn. Yeah, it's probably a ship. Yeah, but I, you've been saying that for so long. I thought you, I thought that was actual like ship fact. <laughs> it's my official ship fact. It's a rock fact. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it, is, it is actually a ship. Looking it up. Basically, if you're trying to imagine a galleon, imagine any massive ship from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Alright. I'm just I'm I'm actually I'm actually legitimately upset about this like ship boat thing not being a thing. <laughs> yeah, there's no official definition that I'm aware of. But what? you told it to us like yeah. it was. You said it like it was a fact and we believed I, you. I I will I will correct you. Every time I've brought it up, I have stated that this is not official. This is my opinion. You have not, you every, have not once I, ever every said that. Every single time I've said it, I have always pre not prefaced. I've always tacked it on to the end, but I have always mentioned it every single time. Was it like really quiet and no one heard you? Nope. I always say it. Uh, okay, who heard you say you it? Just you forgot it. I'm, this that... was years ago. I've been saying this for years. You're literally gaslighting me right now. <laughs> I've actually never heard this before, so <laughs> this is what gaslighting is. Well, no, no, no. I mean, the actual ship versus boat. This is the first I've heard about. I, I, no, yeah, no. no. I, I get that's what you're saying. I'm just this is all. This is also an actual very good definition of. This is almost a better definition of gaslighting than the actual like gaslighting thing with the light. <laughs> good. So, according to a few different sources that I've read, it's literally just the size. Yep. A significantly big one is a ship, a smaller one is a boat. Yeah, but what? what is the actual definition? At no, what point? It. At what point does it become? It's, it's just generally like the size. Is it 30 feet? 50 feet? 100 feet? 1,000 feet? Yeah, it's 1,000 feet. That's what it is. It's 1,000 feet, Josh. You're right. <laughs> it's probably weighing tons. See, the point at which a ship leans into or away from a turn. But that's stupid. Who knows which way it goes? You watch it. You watch it turn. Does it lean out? I've, this is big I've, enough. It's a ship. 
I am pretty sure they can't make that judgment while it's still being built. Yeah, you absolutely can. Believe me, this is one thing I can say with 100% certainty. They know every single thing about a ship before they ever make the first one. Okay, hear me out then. If it's based on size, which way it like leans in yeah. a turn, there has to be a size where it doesn't lean. What is that? Okay, that's like saying, yeah, if you cut something with a knife, it's always going to go on one side or the other. There's going to be a point at which it's going to land perfectly on the knife. And what, what like, you... okay, yeah, sure. Or like have a coin flip. It's There's always going to be a point at which it lands on the edge of the coin, but it's so... It's... Hey, buddy, the rarity what? of the fact doesn't negate my fucking question. Answer it, shipman. Call it boatman. A... Ship boatman. You call it a bip. I'm glad. Sucks. So I've I've been trying to read so many different things, trying to figure out what this distinction is. And there's this quote from a man named Isaac Taylor, uh, who wrote a book called The Ship or Sketches of the Vessels of Various Countries. Uh, this is from 1834. And I'm finding this on Merriam-Webster.com mm -hmm. because they're talking about how you could ask like a hundred different people and you could probably get a hundred different answers. Mm -hmm. uh, this man said, or someone was talking to him and they said, what do you think is the next gradation between a ship and a boat? Why is there no like thing between? And he says, uh, we are not come to a ship yet. We have only spoken of such sorts of vessels are moved by paddles or oars. So, there's no distinction. If I put a sail on a rowboat, is it then a ship? You just called that it a rowboat. sailboat. Fair enough. <laughs> it's literally the only common thing is that the larger ones are ships, but we don't know the line. Yeah. See, that's why I like my, my clear definition of, hey, how does it turn? Because that's what? that's a clear that's a clear point of like it's not just a length measurement but it's a mass and in like displacement measurement. Well, my problem with your definition though is wouldn't that depend more on the center of mass? Correct. Than the actual mass. Correct. Like if, yes. If, it, if, it's, but, if it's got a lot of lower ballast, then it's going to turn different than if the ballast is up high. So the difference between a ship and a boat is where the center of mass is. You, you kind of yeah, but. So, like, the thing is about, like, displacement in water, the CG... This is a terrible fucking movie podcast. Yeah, but, but, but my <laughs> point is more that that uh, uh, it's going to be different depending on how the specific ship is, is, is loaded out. Like, you can change the center of mass on the boat. Yes. I have found... Uh... There's a website called findacrew.net who also had this whole discussion. Mm -hmm. And I think this will definitively draw the line. Okay. When a ship sinks, you get in a boat. When a boat sinks, you get in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> so from the first, like, couple hundred people, the Titanic was a ship. For the ones who didn't make it, it was a boat. Uh, that is great. Ah, accepted. Anyway, Promare, right? So, Promare. Uh, where the fuck? Oh, yeah. So, we're in the mech battle phase. They're fighting. 
They're 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 fighting and they're throwing out some hilarious names for everything. Every attack gets their own name. Every device or weapon gets a name. Yeah. And the best part is the names themselves are diegetic. <laughs> the names appear in the air and they actually crash to the ground with the other debris and stuff like they're actually there. It's very stylish. It's great. I it's love it. It's a very it. stylish movie. Um, I will say, in 4DX, that fight hurt. Oh, yeah. They hit you yeah. with, like, a kidney punch in the middle of one of those. It's... In the middle of a lot of those. It almost took away from the movie. It was so it was so bad. I will say, though, if, like, it ever returns to 4DX theaters, I would recommend watching it. It's... It's absolutely a good time. It is time. a fun experience. I never. You don't realize how much spinning there is in this movie, though. <laughs> so you watch it in 40x, and your chair is just slowly rotating for five minutes. <laughs> it's so good. Also, any and this goes through with any 40x movie, unless you like being tickled yeah, no, on wear, the back wear of your jeans, leg. Wear long pants. Wear long pants, please. Just do yourself a favor. It's. I don't know why the it's ticklers included. are never worth it. The ticklers are terrible. Anyway, so mech battle, and then they just kind of have like a stalemate at the end. They obviously they get out of their mechs, and then it's revealed that Gray is also a burnished, and for some reason he's way stronger than anyone else, including Leo. I think that's something to do with like willpower, like the willpower it took to like keep his power like under wraps the whole time because part of the explanation for why that woman died earlier in the movie is that like hey burnish need to burn things otherwise they just die like your power you have to burn things to survive but like you also need to like work on controlling it and stuff so his the whole thing was he was constantly making like his arm out of burnish fire mm. so he was constantly using the power but he was also constantly like keeping it under wraps uh okay i can see that it's like it's like if you're constantly flexing a muscle mm -hmm. and ignoring you know the actual real life health like like how bad that would actually be <laughs> if you're flexing a muscle 100 percent of the time yeah if you pretend muscles worked like a cartoon where you can just flex it constantly for 10 years and it's fine <laughs> it's like that good so he ends up like just kind of beating the shit out of Leo and Gallo and Gallo kind of gets punched, you know, off of the platform that they're on. Leo actually like gives Gallo some of his like firepower, some protecting flames, which are interestingly a different color. They're like green, like Leo's hair. Well, they're Nah, Leo's hair is like blonde. They're teal, which is sort of the opposite of the magenta of the fire. Okay. Alright, I, I see. Yeah. They're not the same color, but yeah, it's it's a, it's like a teal. It's Saiyan. So anyway, he gives Gallo like this protecting flame, and then Leo is kind of beaten up and taken forcibly to go restart the Promotech engine. Gallo then goes to the center of the ship, and... They have one final confrontation with uh, Cray Foresight. So Gallo rescues Leo, but after <laughs> like having a great sequence where he just like punches out Cray Foresight's lights, 
And then Leo's like, because does, he was sustaining. Josh, the... Josh, does does he does he put out his pilot light? Yes. <laughs> I'm so confused. What was that supposed to mean? I'd have to go into explaining what a pilot light is. We can do that after the podcast. Anyway, it's not a thing people in Florida have. Yeah. So after after punching Cray into unconsciousness, Leo's body has been like half disintegrated, and then they have the conclusion of uh, Chekhov's kiss, and Gallo ends up restarting the heart of Leo with some good old mouth to mouth. I want to make a kickstart my heart joke here. I don't know how it fit in. It just feels like it goes there. <laughs> Or restarting the pilot light. Yeah, I guess, man. <laughs> okay. Anyway. If you can work that in one more time, it'll be funny. We'll see. And so the conclusion is, hey, we need to burn everything. But Gallo, we need your firefighting soul to stop us from destroying everything. Yeah. So they both get in the engine. Yeah. And they make a giant robot. That blows up the earth. Yep. They make they 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 literally do exactly what happens at the end of Gurren Lagan, but to a significantly smaller like scale. Which is wild if you think about it. They burn the entire solar system <laughs> and that's a smaller scale. Infinitely smaller scale. <laughs> the the conclusion of Gurren Lagan, they're throwing spiral galaxies like sure again. Yeah, that was weird. That was great. God, I really should see Gurren Lagann. You should absolutely should. Is that not on our list? Anyway. Um, so yeah, then uh, they got a moment where their their fire lights up in the shape of a heart. It's it's their, great. Their pilot light. There it is. Rule of three, baby. We got there. <laughs> Chekhov's pilot light. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so the movie kind of ends with all the, the Promare going to go back home because I guess they just needed to burn. They needed to finish their combustion. They were stuck. Yeah, and uh, so they finally get to go home, and all the burners oh. lose their uh, powers. And then that's that's the end of the movie because we're definitely not going to go into the social um, impact of suddenly all the the people that have been, you know oppressed and everything are just normal people again yeah definitely we're not going to touch that nope and then yeah then Cray Foresight is I guess imprisoned I don't know they kind of really end very abruptly after that yeah it's not important what happens it is a movie so yeah they saved the world they fell in love probably yeah that's it and the whole resolution is basically just a cliff face yeah, they, they're just, like, on a cliff somewhere. No, they're just... standing on top of the crashed spaceship. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it was weirdly cliff. Like, yeah. It was just, like, this weird cliff edge on this spaceship. I was talking more about the, the plot structure, but sure. <laughs> there, there's also a physical cliff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's a metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I will say movie ends fairly abruptly after that. It just goes to credits where they just show the bits of movie again um, while they're playing the credits. But yeah, great movie. I love the movie so much. They have some really good songs. 
I, you do have a point, Jack. They play them a lot. Yeah. And they play the same three a lot. But they're bangers. So, Brandon. Yes. As someone who... It's like you, you've watched some shows. Yes. Like some anime shows, specifically. Some, some anime shows. Not some shows. Um, what did you think of this movie in particular? Especially not having seen Gurren Lagann or really any other trigger shows. Uh, the animation style is great, which was expected because you guys had told me so much about how Trigger was like this amazing anime company that was known for that shit. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a good movie. The plot could have been better um, because like we mentioned very early on, there's basically like four characters that actually mean anything in the story. Yeah. <laughs> and some of it's a little... And then this happened. <laughs> and then this happened. And it moves very quickly. Yeah. Because it really is just one anime show just made into a movie instead. Yeah. This absolutely would have been a very good 12-episode series. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because they could have, like... They could have prolonged the whole, like, oh, they're fighting these terrorists for, like, four or five episodes and then put the twist in. But for this, it's, like, 25, 30 minutes in. It's like, oh, they're not actually the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Burning Rescue has one encounter where they actually, like, do their jobs normally. And then from then on, it's just a movie plot. Well, I feel like this has, this podcast has gone on plenty long are there any final thoughts on the movie aside from what we just talked about i will say of all of the ridiculous names i think uh, genocide cultivation beam is my favorite <laughs> because there's no reason for genocide to be in the name yeah it's a, right he explains it's a terraforming <laughs> yeah he explains hey this is a laser that turns stuff into dirt so when we get to the new planet we can farm why is genocide in the name of this weapon? Well, because it's powered by the genocide of the burnish. I don't obviously. I don't think it is. I think it, that's just one of the things the mech can do. Generally, people committing genocide don't call it genocide until like a lot later. Yeah, yeah. So and that's just how fucked great foresight is. That, but yeah, there's that. Yeah. So that's. I think. I think that's a good microcosm of this movie. <laughs> is that just the the fact that the main villain moments after telling Gallo to stop giving things stupid names spouts the name of his supposedly peaceful like life-giving weapon admits to genocide openly admits to genocide yeah that's this movie right in a nutshell good alright well this has been Bromare <laughs> find us on all your normal podcasting apps yeah, we're on uh, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, on iTunes, Spotify though, and YouTube. You can find our page on Facebook. You can't find the episodes on Facebook. Links. All right. Good night, everybody. Names, names, names. Who have you been? I, I, who have I been? I've been Josh. Yeah, I've been Jack. I've been Vinny. And I've been Chris. <laughs> good night, everybody. How long do we stay quiet for? <laughs> we, we just wait for the...
He can't hear it. Oh, oh, oh. 